right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. All right, here we are Wednesday, October the 13th of 2021. No, no, no. I'm going to cut you off before you do the laugh. Okay. It's not time for that yet. Uh, So welcome to the show. Today you can celebrate a number of different things. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, National Take Your Parents to Lunch Day. Oh, I wish I could. Take your parents. Yeah, you could drive to Rogers, Arkansas, Springdale, (laughs) wherever she lives. Take mom to lunch. That'd be worth it. I'm sure there's a good restaurant over in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, It's also National Stop Bullying Day, which is a big Mm -hmm. one. National Emergency Nurses Day. Oh, goodness. And if anybody's gone above and beyond over the course of the last year and a half, it's the nurses and the doctors Mm -hmm. and the people in the hospitals. So uh, shout out to all of them who do so many great things. Uh, National M&M's Day today. Okay. So uh, peanut or no peanut? Peanut. Yeah, me too. Uh, National Curves Day. All right. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, what? That was weird. No, it's not. It's the truth. Okay. Uh, also, this is a good one for Kelly most of the time. Okay. It's National No Bra Day. Okay. Why? So, <laughs> Wait. For your mind and the rest, okay. I guess. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really sure if that's appropriate in some yeah, workplace settings. Yeah, but I'm not. fine with it here, so I'm just going to okay. make that public. Hmm. Also, uh, National Bring Your Teddy Bear to Work or School Day. Oh, man. I wish I would have known that. So I don't have a teddy bear. Do you have a teddy bear? No, I just would have dressed one of my dogs up. That would be great. The one you posted, this giant uh, high definition. Wasn't she precious? It's a 4K photo uh-huh. Kelly's taken. Yeah. She's turned into one of the animal people on social media. <laughs> now I'm just taking pictures of animals. She doesn't want to share herself anymore. Now she's going <laughs> to share her dogs and force those poor suckers to pose. Uh, lots of stuff you can celebrate today, but we appreciate you getting up and starting your morning with us. Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the year was 2001 and Alan Jackson had the number one song in country music on this day. That's where I come from. It's corn ridden chicken. Where I come from. A lot of front porch picking. Where I come from. Trying to make a living. Working hard to get to heaven. Where I come from. 20 years ago today, this was the number one song in country music. It's Alan Jackson, where I come from. I was chasing sun on 101, somewhere around Ventura. I lost a universal joint and I had to use my finger. This tall lady stopped and asked if I had plans for dinner. Said no thanks, ma'am. Back home we like the girls that sing soprano. Oh, yeah. That's where I come from. It's corn red and chicken. Where I come from, a lot of front porch sitting. Where I come from, trying to make a living and working hard to get to heaven. Where I come from. Twenty years ago. Where's that time go, man? What happens to it? You weren't even a mother yet. I was eight years from being a dad. Crazy. Alan Jackson, top of the charts. Well, I was heading home on 65 somewhere around Kentucky. All right. And the CB rang for the bobtail rig. It's rolling on like thunder. Well, I answered him and he asked me, aren't you from out in Tulsa? No, but you might have seen me there. I just dropped a load of salsa. Where I come from. It's corn, bread, and chicken Where I come from A lot of front porch 
picking where I come from Trying to make a living and working hard to get to heaven Where I come, where I come from Yes, cornbread and chicken, where I come from A lot of back porch picking where I come from Trying to make a living and working hard to get to heaven Where I come from Where I come from Yeah, where I come from All right, Alan Jackson Where I come from Where I come from It was number one on this day Where I come from In 2001 Trying to make a living Brandon Baxter in the morning All right, here we are, Wednesday morning. It's October the 13th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry, well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! Brandon Baxter in the mornings. Gotcha gossip. Gotcha gossip today on The Rock. So The Rock and Vin Diesel, they still like, they still seem like they're taking shots at each other. Mm. They don't really like each other that much. And in a new interview with Vanity Fair, The Rock admits he shouldn't have called out Vin's, uh, quote, candy A behavior publicly. But he stands by what he said. So The Rock says that the Fast and Furious crew always had his back on the set. He says that every single crew member found out found their way to kind of get to him and say quietly, hey, thank you for uh, kind of standing up to him. Wow. Yeah, so people sent him notes, told him thank you. But The Rock and Vin did have a meeting after everything blew up. He said that they didn't make peace. They just agreed that they're, quote, philosophically two different people. And we approach the business of movie making in two different ways. Mm. But according to... Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his way to consider uh, everyone working on a film as, quote, equal partners with respect and humility and being respectful of the process and every other human being who is putting in just that much time. And basically, he said that um, Vin wasn't doing that. Nobody's more important than anybody else in that situation. Yeah. So he admits, hey, I shouldn't have said all that publicly, but you know what? Someone needed to say it. I'm just going to say this. The Rock's been around for a minute. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really talk bad about anybody. Right. Like, can you go back, other than, like, wrestling promos, and think of anybody he's bad-mouthed in the mm-hmm. media? Like, he stays above all of that, and that's why I think people like him so much. So for him to go out and say this is bad. Uh-huh. All right, got your gossip today on Britney Spears. It looks like uh, you now the conservatorship thing's going on. Her dad's out of the conservatorship. They're going to court. All the different things happening with that. She's trying to consider her next step. And it's not just going to be twirling on social media and staring awkwardly in the camera. She's considering releasing a book. And she wants fans to help her figure out the title of the book. So she has a couple of different ideas, a couple of options. Uh, One of the options that she's presenting to fans to vote on is shoot, I really don't know, but not shoot. Oh. So, you know, shoot, Mm -hmm. I really don't know. Or the other one is I really really care what people think, which I think is kind of sweet. And you wouldn't think that Britney would care, but obviously Mm. it kind of eats at her. But Britney Spears is considering releasing a book. Got you gossip today on Dancing with the Star. So it's the fourth week of competition. This week they've had the whole Disney heroes and villains thing, the, the theme. But uh, two more celebrities were kicked off the show last night. Uh, Matt James was eliminated for his performance. Now that was the Bachelor alum. His partner, uh, Lindsay Arnold, they placed 12th with a combined score of 57 out of 80. Okay. So that wasn't good. Also, Brian Austin Green and his girlfriend, Sharna Burgess, came in last place after earning a combined total of 52 
out of 80. So Brian Austin Green is done. But still in it, Jimmy Allen, Cody Rigsby, JoJo Siwa, Mel C, Kenya Moore, The Miz, Melora Hardin actually kind of got in. She was in first place last night. Oh, wow. Jan from The Office. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Olivia Jade, Suni Lee, Amanda Clute. So they're still all in it. But only the fourth week of competition. There you go. Dancing with the Stars. I kind of wonder if the Brian Austin Green and Sharna Burgess doing the PDA affected people voting for them. There's a chance. Because <clears throat> I don't think people want to see that. Right. You know? Like, yeah. hey, it's cool that you guys like each other, but maybe you don't have to show everybody yeah. how much you like each other. Anyway, of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we gotcha gossip. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So, <clears throat> I've noticed today that today's the first day I felt like I had a little bit of the sniffles. What is it? Is it because it got a little bit cooler overnight last night? I, I'm telling you, it does seem like it happens. Do you have them any? No. Typically, I come in here and Kelly has it so hot it dries out my nose. But today, I feel like I'm going to do I the hear it. I feel like I'm going to do the sniffles all day. That's always great when you uh-huh. have a long interview show to yeah. have a <laughs> right. case of the sniffles. So, uh, if anything explains my day today and my week and really my last couple of weeks, it's the fact that the sniffles are here on the day of the Breakfast Club. Sometimes there's stories that just make you feel good. Ah, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. With Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, so a guy named Michael Abernathy. He's 60 years old. He's a truck driver, and he got married on Saturday. Big day for him, right? Big celebration. Four days later, he won a million dollars. Oh. <laughs> he says it's amazing and it's a blessing. So here's how this whole thing went. He got married on a Saturday, and... On a Wednesday, he walked into this uh, convenience store and he bought a $30 Millionaire Maker lottery ticket. He won his 30 bucks back and decided he was going to buy two more. The first one, no prize. The second one, $1 million. Uh. He says he just about passed out when he uh, basically saw that he won the deal, right? He's freaking out because it doesn't even seem real. No. I can't imagine in that moment when you think you've won, I guarantee you're like, wait a minute, am I right? <laughs> am I seeing things? Can this be right? So we had the option of taking either uh, $1 million uh, as an annuity of $50,000 a year over 20 years, or he could take $600,000 as a lump sum. Then they tax that. He chose a lump sum of 600000 and took home in cash $424,000 all at once. So what would you do? You have the option of 50000 bucks a year for 20 years or four twenty four at once. What do you do? Lump sum. I think I would too, especially as you get older. Mm-hmm. Like let's say you're 20. Maybe you want the money forever. This is extra yeah. money. But the idea of having that cash in the bank is pretty cool. Uh, the newlyweds say they're going to use some of the prize money toward going on a honeymoon to Florida, taking care of his wife, pay off some bills and things like that. But he's 60 years old and he's all kinds of happy. Michael Abernathy, congratulations. The newest millionaire and a happy husband as well. Y'all, that's one of those stories that just makes you feel good. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, so evidently there's a new number one show and the fastest show to reach all these people, the biggest uh, launch ever, and it's this show Squid Game on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So the original record holder when it came out was Bridgerton, right? It was oh, this yeah. huge launch of the show. 82 million people watched it pretty much right off the bat. Well, Squid Game has beat Bridgerton because 111 million viewers have checked out Squid Game. I'm going to have to watch it. So I have no idea. I thought at first when I was reading about it or like seeing stuff on it, I thought it was like a reality show, like it was a game show or something. Oh. I don't think it is though, right? No. 
So is it a movie? Is it a series? Is it? I think it's a series. Like there's there's episodes. I don't think it's a movie. I think there's episodes. But they call it gory. Is it a scary thing? Like a, a scary movie? I think that there's some uh, some blood in there. Yes. Okay. So I don't know. And so I'm so I feel like I'm so far behind on it for it to be such a big deal. I know. I never watched Bridgerton either though. That was good. So, did you watch all that? Mm-hmm. Is that the one where there was like the love story and you were in love with the guy? Yes. Yes. So, I wonder if you'll be in love with the squid. And what is a squid game? Yeah, I don't think there's an actual squid oh, in it. There's I not. don't think there's like a big squid and you're running from the squid. That's what I said. There wasn't. It's not about a squid. It's oh. about the horror thing. Yeah. Scary stuff. So, again, Squid Game, 111 million viewers, <laughs> biggest series launch ever on Netflix, beating Bridgerton. Uh, the top 10. Tell me how many of the top 10 you've seen, okay? Okay. We'll start at number 10. This is Netflix. Bad Sport. No. Nope. Any idea what it is? Mm-mm. Seinfeld. Yes. So that's a pretty big deal mm-hmm. because all the episodes are now there on uh, Netflix. Uh, sex Education. No. No. Uh, the Five Wannas. No. The Blacklist. Oh, yes. Is that the James Spader yes. show? Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple episodes of that. Yeah, he's pretty good. That is good. Uh, let's see here. Coco Melon. No. Nope. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> and typically, I know all of these. Man, I need to. Midnight Mass. Nope. On My Block. That's number three. I've got to catch up. Made is number two. Squid Game, number one. Those are the top trending things on Netflix. Hey, speaking of scary stuff, though, have you seen the new trailer for Scream? Yes. And With I got David Arquette? Yes, I got all excited to see David Arquette and Courtney Cox. She's in it too. Oh, she, I didn't see the part yeah, of her. Yeah, she's in. she's in there. I think she was a reporter in one of the the earlier ones. Yep. And they're bringing her back, so that's cool. she's in there too. So who was the girl? Is that Nev Campbell? Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's in there. Jenna Ortega, who was Kai's crush forever, oh, yeah. is like the girl in the house. The opening scene. Who was the original? Was that Drew, Drew Barrymore? Barrymore. Mm-hmm. So she's the Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And then the doors are locking and unlocking, and all of a sudden. Whoa! I don't like those jump scare movies at all. No. And it Mm -hmm. kind of freaked me out watching it. I watched it too early this morning and I'm like, eh, I think I'm going to stop now. You thought your doors were going to start unlocking, didn't you? Just what if I turned around and there was a man in a monster mask behind me (laughs) in a scream mask. But that trailer's out there. There's also a trailer I saw this morning. I was watching trailers. I watched the trailer for the Home Alone reboot. It's like Home Alone. What? What is it? Home Alone again or something like that. Uh, but this has uh, a different kid in there, obviously, not Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. But Ellie Kemper is in there, too, That's, who is Aaron yeah. from The Office. Okay. She's one of the bad people. R- really? Yeah. So that's <laughs> out, too, if you want to check it out. A bunch of things out uh, you might want to check out on television. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Evidently, uh, we talked about some shows on Netflix that we're not really caught up on. Mm-hmm. There is a show that evidently is popular that we had no idea what it was. Yeah, so let's see. Kelly Kelly says, Coco Melon is a learning show for toddlers. Uh, and then Angie Mason said, Coco Melon is a toddler show and my grandbabies watch it. So it must be a big deal. All right, so Coco Melon, let me see what this is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The animation's good on that show, Don't you right? hate that you missed that with Kai? Yeah. I might see if he'll watch it with me tonight. You think he's a little old, a little uh, old for Coco Melon? Maybe just a tad. I did see a deal that said Coco Melon's about to go on tour. So if that's a big hit Ooh. on Netflix, maybe you want to take the kids out to see Coco mm. Melon 
live on tour. It's a live show that promises little fans fun-filled, interactive, musical adventures. Aww. So I wonder which one Coco Melon is. Are they all Coco Melon or is one of these kids Coco Melon? Oh, that's that's not a question for me. All right. Somebody let us know if, if there's one particular Coco Melon or if they're all Coco Melons. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that makes any sense. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So if the makers of Grand Theft Auto, the game is looking for content, this might be something that they can use. Um, a man in Rhode Island named Charles Kendrick was up at 2 a.m. playing Grand Theft Auto. And uh, at the moment he was playing, he was wearing a suit. His birthday suit. Oh, so he heard a grinding sound outside like something was being cut. So we went out to investigate, and that's when he saw someone under his car stealing his catalytic converter. Oh, wow. Well, Charles confronted the thief, and they fought. The thief eventually got away with the catalytic converter, but Charles got the guy's phone and has since given it to police. As far as we know, the thief hasn't been caught. Charles said, I don't think he was expecting to get caught, and he definitely wasn't expecting to get caught by someone that wasn't clothed. So speaking of... Bless you. Speaking of playing... I don't know what's happening. Y'all, he has the sniffles. (laughs) Speaking of playing Grand Theft Auto, I had to break up with my video game console. Now it's my Xbox. Nothing personal. It was just time for a switch. Oh, <laughs> and there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Wait. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, October 13th of 2021. Local birthdays, local celebrities, here we go. Happy birthday goes out to coach Jody Christenberry. Girls basketball coach JHS celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday, Jody. We have Grady Pettigrew of Wynn celebrating Misty Heath of Batesville. Don Whitfield of Moralton celebrates today. Eric Jones of Brooklyn. Laura Oates, happy birthday. Heath Franklin in Fort Smith is celebrating Amy Mays. Of Brooklyn, Steve Stroud of Jonesboro celebrates a birthday today. And Brooke Sloan of Jonesboro celebrates as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Caleb McLaughlin is 20. That's Lucas on Stranger Things. Tiffany Trump is 28. Donald's daughter. Ashanti is 41. R&B singer. Can I do some Ashanti? Shanti was also in this song with Fat Joe. You say you got a minute, you're in love, but what's love got to do with a little menage? After the party, me and you could just slide for a few. And I played this one a bunch. That's a Shanti man. Got to do Ashanti, 41 years old today. Sasha Baron Cohen is, four, is 50. That's who plays Borat. Sammy Hagar is 74 today. Can I do some Sammy Hagar? Of course. Some of the, uh, what do they call it, Van Hagar mm-hmm. songs? This one. 
Sammy Hagar is 74. See if you remember this one to a solo hit. Sammy Hagar, 74 today. Happy birthday today to Paul Simon, who is 80. Hang on. Can I do some Paul Simon? Yeah, well, sure. Can I do Simon and Garfunkel? Yes. See if you know this one. So Paul Simon also went off on his own and did this one. If you be my bodyguard, I can be long lost pal. You laugh because? I think I see the video in my head. I do too. When you call me Who was in the video, Kelly? Um, Paul Simon. And? Betty. <clears throat> and not Betty, no. Chevy. Chase. Wasn't it Chevy Chase on the show? I think it is, yeah. Paul Simon, 80 years old today. And happy birthday today to Rhett Akins, who is 52. Yeah, Thomas Rhett's dad, also known for this one. That ain't my truck in her drive. Man, this ain't my day tonight. It's like she's in love and I'm out of love. That ain't my shadow on her wall. Lord, this don't look good at all. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Rhett Akins, who turns 52 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. I have to tell you the story. I was reading um, a Walmart uh, store in Virginia. They were doing a party platter of sandwiches. And the person who made the order said they wanted half wheat, half white sandwiches. Like half of the sandwiches to be wheat, half of the sandwiches to be white. Which makes sense. Well, when the woman went to pick up her order, she did get half wheat, half white. Unfortunately... Half of the sandwich was half of the sandwich was wheat bread. Half of the sandwich was white bread. Oh. They split them on each sandwich. Like the top was white, the bottom was wheat. Aww. So technically, the order was correct, mm. but it wasn't exactly the way she envisioned. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you drive around any of the cities, the state, the country, really, you're going to see a lot of businesses saying that help is wanted. They're paying Gosh, yeah. higher wages than they normally pay just to get people to work. Well, guess what? Uh, Record levels of people are still quitting their jobs. That's great. They say workers quit their jobs at record rates with 4.3 million people resigning last month. Mm. Yeah, which is crazy when you think about that. Now it's not even people being laid off by the pandemic. It's people getting frustrated and quitting their job. And it affects every single one of us, all of us. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It affects all of us. Did you see the story uh, that President Biden was talking about how if you want gifts like toys for the holidays for your kids, you probably want to get those early because the fear is is that the toys aren't going to make it in from other countries in time for the holiday season. Oh, man. And like last minute orders and the rush and all that kind of stuff is going to make that even more messy. So think about that, too. Uh, The pandemic and the shipping and all that. Everything has changed in the last year and a half. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. Wednesday morning is here. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the Morning. Well, 
We have country music news today on Tim McGraw. So Tim um, has made headlines, and I guess the best way to say this is he was at a concert over the weekend in Reno, Nevada. Uh, he was tired. He's been working on the new show, 1883. Uh, he's been up uh, shooting that with his wife, and he blames that for forgetting lyrics to his music in the middle of the concert. Oh, no. We have audio of it, and then this is where it gets worse. Not only did he forget the lyrics, people thought the performance was a little bit lackluster and started heckling him. And making fun of him and questioning why he's forgetting the lyrics to his own hits. Tim didn't like this. He glares at people. He kneels down and challenges people to meet him on the stage. Kelly, at one point, Tim McGraw jumps off the stage, jumps into the crowd and gets in a guy's face. Basically trying to uh, start a fight with the guy. He tells people, if you don't like what I'm doing, leave. Here's a wild thing about this. These are people that paid to go to the show. <laughs> right. This isn't like he's performing at, you know, some college football game and he's getting heckled and it makes him mad. These are fans. Uh, you want me to play some of the audio? Yes. So this is Tim in Reno trying to sing the song uh, Just to See You Smile. just kind of stops at that point and he doesn't really uh, say any more words and the crowd starts to kind of wonder, hey, what's going on? Why is Tim McGraw not singing the rest of the song? And then as it continues, he sings and then uh, basically kind of tells people to leave. Then why are you doing that? Then leave. So he's telling people they can leave if they don't like what he's doing. Then there's the part where he jumps off the stage. I have this video pulled up from TMZ. It's Tim McGraw. He's kneeling over. He's singing the song. He's looking right at the fan who's made him mad and basically challenging him to a fight. He's glaring at him. Can you see it? Shoes him away. Now he stands up like he's ready to fight. You haven't seen this, have you? I can tell by the look on your face. Here he is. This is Tim. He's jumped off the stage. He's in front of the front row. The crowd's going, what is happening? So he's challenging the guy, and fans, you can hear, do the show. Do the show. Uh, TMZ has this stuff all over their uh, social media and their website if you want to check it out. But it's a heck of a visual right there with Tim McGraw. We have country music news today on Casey Musgrave. So back in 2019, Casey won several Grammy Awards for her Golden Hour album. And that was one of your favorite albums of all time, right? Loved it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So not only did she win three Grammys for that for that album, but she also won album of the year for Golden Hour. But it looks like as she's going into the 2022 Grammys, it's kind of clear that it's going to be a little bit different. In a recent committee meeting, they decided that Casey's new album, Starcross, does not fit into the genre enough to qualify for consideration for Best Country Album. So basically what they're saying is it's not country enough. Well, Casey's country label had some strong words for them. And basically they wrote a letter saying, hey, this this decision is very inconsistent. It makes them question any other agendas that maybe help make that decision. And basically they said sound-wise, Casey's team says her new album, Starcross, has even more country instruments in it than 
Golden Hour did, which won Country Album of the Year. So uh-huh. both albums were produced by the same three people. Both albums were mixed by the same people. And also the albums complete each other. Golden Hour tells the story of falling in love and Starcrossed gives the conclusion with the breakup. So there's no departure in sound from these two projects is what they're saying. But the 2022 Grammy Awards are going to take place January 31st. But for Casey, she's not going to be in that consideration for the country album of the year. That's wild. I know. Because she's a country artist. Right. All right. So uh, country music news on the artists of the year special on CMT that actually airs tonight from the Skimmerhorn uh, Symphony Center in Nashville. It starts at 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, the people being honored as Artists of the Year include Chris Stapleton, Gabby Barrett, Kane Brown, Kelsey Ballerini, Mickey Guyton, and Luke Combs. Uh, other performers that are going to be there include Boys to Men. The Jonas Brothers are going to be there as well. Walker Hayes is going to be there. Eric Church, Lady A, Connie Britton, Misty Copeland, wow. Morgan Evans, Nelly, all at the deal tonight. Now, Randy Travis is going to be honored with the Artist of a Lifetime Award, and there to present that to Randy Travis will be Garth Brooks. Operator, won't you put me on through? I got to send my love down to Baton Rouge. Hurry up, won't you put her on the line? I got to talk to the girl just one more time. So it's going to be a big night for Randy Travis. Oh, baby, I'm going to love you forever. Forever and ever. It's the CMT Artists of the Year celebration. It airs tonight on CMT at 8 o'clock Central Time. That's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. Here's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Brandon Baxter in the Morning. Did you know the average American, now this is average, will eat 35,000 cookies in their lifetime? That's just average. Yeah, I think I'm well above average. Uh (laughs) I think I had that many last year during the pandemic. So, did you know horses can't throw up? Their bodies aren't built to do it. Really? Random fact, What happens? They just get rid of it somewhere else? Listen, I'm not a doctor. I just read the facts. All right. Thank you, Mrs. Factley. Uh Uh-huh. And did you know Minnesota has a law banning contests where people try to catch greased pigs or turkeys? Son of a gun. We do that all over Arkansas, right? (laughs) And if you didn't know... Now you know. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, we're joined this morning by the Dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. Please welcome back to the show our friend, Dr. Shane Spites. Morning. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Man, we're good. Now, here's here's something that's weird, and maybe you can tell me the medical reason for this, uh, and maybe it's very simple. But this morning, um, I woke up and I have the sniffles, and I can't figure it out because I wasn't outside. It's not all that cold, but the sniffles have uh, showed up in my head this morning. You want me to diagnose you over the radio for the sniffles? <laughs> is, is, <laughs> Greatest. Is that not something you can do just by hearing me talk? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Yeah. That's Let me grab nice. my Dr. Spock transporter on. Anyway. Um, what should I do? Because so, it wasn't that cold, was it? Well, there, there's lots of things that may make your nose run in terms of a running nose. And certainly things happen seasonally here. and You hear people talk about different things with allergies. You talk about um, air quality in terms of steel burning and things like that. So there's, there's certainly, and, and yes, changes in the temperature can make that as well. It doesn't always mean an infection. doesn't always mean that it's not. 
Oh, uh, but it's too, typically just a runny nose in and of itself is not a big cause for alarm. When should I be alarmed if this continues? Oh, my gosh. What? I just want to so, know. <laughs> so typically what would happen, what would be more concerning is if over time this runny nose, all of a sudden now, oh, it's draining down the back of my throat. I've got a sore throat. I can't sleep at night. Now that I can't sleep, I feel bad. I'm fatigued during the day. Uh, you know, and to be honest with you, a lot of over-the-counter medicines and things like that that you do, um, those are fine for something like that. Fever is always a red flag. You know, anytime you have fever, we want to hear about that. Um, if you start having severe facial pain across, <laughs> like your cheekbones or across your forehead, we'd want to hear about that as well. Um, if you start coughing a lot, kind of uncontrollably, uh, maybe even feel like you've got something in your lungs. Obviously, that'd be a time to, to seek seek out physician assistance or um, to be evaluated. But a runny nose in and of itself is not uncommon. Well, here's the thing. I'm probably going to have to send him to the doctor because every symptom no. that you just read no. off, he's over there acting like he has it. All right. All right. Send him over to the clinic and we'll, we'll check him out. Now, I did sneeze one time. Is that a bad sign if I sneezed once? Gosh. So one sneeze in and of itself does not indicate... Um, anything. <laughs> this is what I love about having a doctor in my phone. I can no, just ask, and he hates it. I, I can just you. ask any <laughs> random question. No, and that's one of the things <clears throat> as we kind of move through the pandemic. Shane and I have discussed, you know, kind of like we do with uh, for pets with Doctor Reed and Vet Care. I think I want to keep you on and talk to you about different things that affect us medically and illnesses, seasonal illnesses and things like that, because you're such a wealth of knowledge and information. And we've talked to you primarily about COVID, but just me saying, hey, my nose is running. What does that mean? Boom. The information just starts flowing out. And I think that's something that we can really, uh, I don't know, kind of uh, glom onto as we go forward. No, I think that and I think it's a great idea. And I certainly would appreciate the opportunity to do that, because to be honest with you, there's a whole lot of stuff that we have or that we hear about, a lot of new things that come out on the medical side that doesn't always trickle out into you know, into the general public. Yeah. Um, and, and stuff that ought to. Like, I mean, there was a great study that came out, and I'm not trying to, to, to jump topics on you, there's a great study that came out a few weeks ago that talked about the association with the use of antibiotics over time and your risk of colon cancer. Oh, wow. So don't think that just taking this antibiotic that you, know, that you get is just benign and, oh, it's not that big a deal, it's just an antibiotic. Over time, those antibiotics can increase your risk of colon cancer because they disrupt the bacteria, the normal good bacteria that live in your in your digestive tract. And so, mm. you know, a lot of this stuff just kind of comes out. Well, the average person doesn't know that because they're not sitting around reading all these medical journals and articles, you know, like most physicians do. And so I'm happy to share that kind of information uh, regularly because I think it'd be good for your, your listeners to have. Well, I think, too, like you mentioned, and we won't even talk about it here because I want to get to the COVID stuff, but like antibiotics, I always say you take every single pill that you have. To me, if I feel better, sometimes I think I don't need to do that. We could talk through that. You mentioned the gut. So many people talk about gut health. What is that? You know, because I'm sitting here like, do I need, do I have good gut health? Do I not? These are all topics we can jump on as we go forward. Absolutely. No, no, I'd love to have that discussion. It's certainly information, like I said, that really the general public needs to have. Um, you can get pulled in one direction or another on the internet or on social media. Somebody's mm-hmm. trying to sell you something. Somebody's trying to sell you their, you know, gut health vitamin pack, yep. whether it may or may not make a difference. Um, I think it's important to have those honest conversations. Let's talk COVID. Dr. Shane Spites on with us this morning. He's been with us uh, throughout this entire pandemic. And, you know, we talked last week and we had good news. Numbers were dropping even better news this week is numbers continued to drop again and hospitalizations seem like they're down um, how do you feel number wise? I know we're still not where we were 
you know, in the spring. But sure, man, it looks it surely looks a lot better than it did just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it absolutely does. Uh, and and to be honest, guys, I mean, when you talk about where we were just back, uh, I mean, we hit a peak there of almost. 2,900 cases, you know, averaging 2,300 cases a day there, really the second week of August. Um, and so now where we are now, we're averaging about 688 cases. Right. So that's phenomenal. That's great on where we are. One of the things that, I, that I've noticed is the last, the last four or five days, we've kind of hit a plateau. And if you'll remember, I've mentioned this as, we, as, we've, as we've talked about this, that I thought we're going to go down, but I don't think we're going to go down to where we were in the spring. I think we're going to hit a plateau that's higher than where we were. That's starting to look like the case now. Well, again, I have to keep watching and see. But right now, over the last probably four or five days, we've hit steady at about 688 cases a day. So between 600 and 700 cases a day is kind of where we've, we're sitting at right now. How do you compare that with what was like in the spring? Well, in May, we were about 180 cases a day. Right. So really, so about 500 more cases a day right now than where we were in the spring. Obviously, like you said, and you're right, still a better place than where we were back in August. Um, but don't be surprised if we continue to see, you know, spread, viral spread throughout the community, certainly into the winter months as it gets colder and people are more inside. That would not surprise me at all. But we see numbers even, you know, if you break it down by county, we see county numbers that continue to go down. Like just for instance, Craighead County, and I, I see this through their OEM uh, Twitter account, uh, it looks like, you know, we've almost dropped in half in total cases in the last like two weeks in Craighead County alone, which seems positive. So the, the active case count that I'm seeing right here was 353. And out of what is it, 100, 120,000 people in Craighead County, um, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. We were averaging, I think our seven day average right now is about 30 to 32 cases a day. We were averaging, averaging 115 cases a day yeah. uh, back. And, matter of fact, for Craighead County, that was one of the highest places we were really since the entire pandemic. And throughout the state, you're seeing that. In terms of the hot spots, to be honest with you, we still have more viral spread in northeast Arkansas than, than most of the rest of the state, specifically like Stone County, Izzard, Randolph, Clay, Green, you know, Sharp Counties. They still got some spread going on. But even those areas are seeing declines. So we're seeing, we're seeing numbers go down across the state and across the, really across the country as well. The only place that's not is the northern part of the U.S., so up in Montana, the Wyoming, uh, North Dakota, those areas right there are starting to see actually an increase in cases. Northern Michigan, um, and really what it is, is the Delta variant was here in the south first. Right. It's pretty much moved out of here. Florida looks good. Alabama, Mississippi, all those states look good. And it's now moved up into the northern parts of the U.S. So part of this is probably there's more people vaccinated. Part of it is a lot of people have had COVID. Uh, is this just the way that a pandemic works? Is it kind of just works its way out? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, before vaccines, you had to just wait for everybody to get sick. And I, as you might imagine, that that hit a lot of people harder. It hit a lot of people sooner. And um, so there was a lot more overwhelming of your hospitals, a lot more deaths and that kind of thing. But I think that's what we're seeing now is that the combination of those that have had COVID and those that have been vaccinated, we're seeing a significant, even somebody that's been vaccinated that gets COVID, those people really aren't ending up in the hospital. And they're certainly not yeah. people that are ending up dying. I mean, it's a very rare case that happens. Does it happen? Of course it does. I mean, sure. everything happens. But in terms of overall, the picture between being vaccinated or having COVID before, uh, that's helping us out. And that's moving the Delta variant on um, really out of our region, out of our state. You know, some of the things <clears throat> that I think that kind of freak me out as I look at it, just to be real honest with you, I saw a story yesterday. There's a 48-year-old guy 
otherwise healthy, no underlying conditions, was vaccinated, got COVID, died, right? <clears throat> I yeah. know you say that's rare, but you don't want to be the one case where that actually happens. What do we think that is? So that we probably, and I, I may have mentioned this at one point, because early on in the pandemic, we were perplexed by, we would say, otherwise normal, healthy individuals that got COVID and died yep. versus somebody who got COVID and, got a, like you said, a little runny nose. It was a runny nose, and that was it, and that was COVID for me. Um, specifically, there was a study that looked at two brothers in Norway, two brothers in Norway. One was like 25, one was like 32. Normal, healthy. They had no medical problems. Uh, they were active. Both of them got COVID. One of them ended up on the ventilator for like eight weeks. The other one died, ended up in the ICU and died. And so like, wait a minute, what happened here? These are two normal, healthy guys. And what, you know, why did they, why did they have COVID so bad? Why did one of them die from it? Well, they were able to pull out their, you know, they looked at their genetic code and they looked deep into their genetic code and found that there were some errors uh, in terms of, of really their genetic code for their immune system. So, and not that they would normally, not that like, hey, I get sick all the time or, you know, I've been seeing the doctor all the time. It was nothing like that. These were small changes in their genetic code that really affected their ability to mount a response and fight off the virus. That's one of the first times I've really seen that, looked at that closely. Right. So it would not surprise me if that's the case, is that really, genetically, are you predisposed to some sort of um, thing that you don't even know you have? Hey, I'm normal, I'm healthy, I feel fine, you know, I work out regularly, I don't take any medicines, but yet I have some sort of genetic component that puts me at a higher risk of hospitalization or death from COVID. That's a whole answer that we won't have, certainly during this pandemic, but we'll be looking at it afterwards for sure. Yeah, and that's kind of wild, though, because if they didn't it know, is. like, you know, I wouldn't know. Somebody, the person next to me might not know that they were missing. That oh, year, yeah. So that's crazy. Hey, let's well, talk about what's and happening. that was the big deal. Yeah, that was the big deal on, look, you know, even if you don't, I mean, that, that, that was the big deal on masking and vaccinations because you don't know. Yeah. You don't know if you get the guy next to you sick, is that guy going to end up in the hospital and die just because he had some sort of genetic abnormality that he didn't even know about? That's wild to me. Let's talk FDA because there's a lot of talk about what's going on with the FDA and and you know booster shots and and the vaccines for yeah. kids five to eleven. I saw a thing earlier this week that said uh, only about thirty seven percent of parents with kids ages five to eleven are considering the vaccine. Obviously, it's not here yet. You think that number will go up when uh, it's FDA approved and all that? I think a couple things will happen. I think once the FDA approved, I mean, once they see the data and we go through the data and look at that, I think that'll make a difference. I think once you continue to see COVID throughout the fall and the winter months, I think, um, you know, as we go on and we see more safety data on the vaccines that comes out, uh, good, bad, and indifferent, as we see more uh, data in terms of, you know, vaccine uh, effectiveness, um, as we see that, you know, we're probably going to plateau in cases here, and we're probably going to keep hearing about people getting COVID and that sort of thing, Not hopefully not to the level we were before, but um I think all that's going to go into it. Um, and you bring up you bring up the FDA uh, comment. That, that's a great thing to talk about this week in particular. As a matter of fact, tomorrow the FDA is meeting regarding booster vaccines for Moderna. Right now, booster vaccines are only available for Pfizer. Right. They're going to look at the Moderna data, and they were going to meet tomorrow about that. They're going to meet the next day on Johnson & Johnson. So this week, uh, FDA looking at uh, booster vaccines for Moderna and for Johnson & Johnson. Um, I know people that I still get questions about what about those age 5 to 11. Mm -hmm. They meet October 26th for that. So October 26th is when they're going to be meeting uh, to look at uh, kids age 5 to 11, which means 
probably won't be available for actual vaccine until 1st of November sometime. But as we look at it, you're going to still tell everybody that it's best to be vaccinated because, again, even though we're seeing a lull, we're still going to see COVID all the way probably until next year. And if we want to be done with it, the best way to protect ourselves is to be vaccinated. Well, I, absolutely right now. I'll say that. Now, let me go ahead and throw a caveat out there. And, okay. and, and maybe this is what some of the parents are thinking in terms of the 37% that will get their kids vaccinated when it's approved. Um, I'm not going to fully commit to that until I look at the data. I feel like the data is going to be good, but I have not personally seen it. I have not seen, you know, I hear what the company puts out, but whenever they go to the FDA, they have to be transparent. They have to release all that data. So that's the time when I can, you can go through the, you know, pages and pages and pages of study data, and you can look at side effects, and you can say, you know, this is the number of kids that got COVID, this is the number of kids that didn't, seems to be the, the vaccine effect, effect, efficacy in this group. Um, so you can see all those details when they release that data, and they won't do that until they go before the FDA. So that's why, I mean, do I anticipate that the data will be good? I do, because to be honest with you, Pfizer's done a pretty good job in terms of their data collection, right. in terms of kind of putting all their cards out there. So I feel pretty good about it. But, I mean, I'm, I'll wait and look at the data myself before we, you know, I've got a 10-year-old or 11-year-old that, that's not vaccinated. He's the only one in our family not vaccinated. I'm going to wait and look at that data before I make a decision. Yeah, you want to arm yourself with the information. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just like, just like any parent would. There you go. He's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University, Dr. Shane Spites. And Shane, we appreciate you this morning, man. Thank you, guys. Good luck with that runny nose, Brandon. Thanks. Sorry, Kelly. I'll let you know Thank if it gets you. any worse, okay? Oh. Nah, you, you, you got my number. <laughs> I'll see you. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Matt Cavanaugh from the Link Theater Company. Ragtime the Musical's coming up, and it's been a long time building this show. And Matt joins us this morning. Mr. Cavanaugh, what's happening? Good morning, Brandon and Kelly. How are you today? Good. Man, we're good. How are you this morning? I'm great. I got my uh, cup of joe and, you know, ready to tackle the day. What's up with the kids? They set? Oh man, I, I you know Jenny and I are in the as I call it the minivan stage of life. All we do is just run from a practice to a tournament, a practice to a tournament, mix in a piano lesson, practice tournament. It's just it's exhausting, <laughs> but you know awesome at the same time. But we certainly you know are ready to hit the pillow at the end of the day. No, and it seems like you know I see you. It seems every every year um, we run into each other at an A State football game, and we have a few seconds to kind of say hi, but. It yeah. seems like you guys are always out there in force, man, and, and it does look to me like you guys are always on the go. We're, uh, we are. You know, my wife certainly has a, a ball of energy, and she has passed that down to her kids, uh, and so we, uh, we stay active, that is for sure. Can I bring up the fact that uh, when we got the new issue of Occasions Magazine, we were pretty proud to see the fact that uh, there was that good-looking couple on the cover? I, I tell you, you know, especially uh, the one on the right side, you know, of the cover. Boy, she was beautiful in that white dress, and the fellow on the on the left, he's got to get the gym and find some of that just for men uh, hair coloring to take away the gray. But uh, no, but <laughs> thank it's a, you. it's a great picture and a great feature. Occasions always, uh, you know, has been a big supporter of the stuff that you're working on with the Link Theater Company. And I remember talking to you about Ragtime before, and it was kind of like the process of what you wanted this to become. And and here we are. The shows are coming up this weekend, and it looks like. You know, this is is what you dreamed about, being able to put this show on in Northeast Arkansas with a bunch of talent from all over the place. 
It is. Uh, you know, I am. Jenny and I created the Link Theater Company, but I'm also a proud board member of the Delta Symphony Orchestra. And I, and I had suggested, you know, how about we combine forces and try and do a concert version of Ragtime, the musical. Uh, it's a piece that lends itself to a concert format. And we have the opportunity to have a, a full orchestra of 40-plus musicians up there. Plus, uh, Cherie Collins has uh, gathered together a large community choir of another 40 to 50 individuals up there. And then you add in the cast of the show, which is uh, around 30 you know, people. So we're going to have over 100 people on that stage putting out a glorious, beautiful sound, uh, telling this uh, American-inspiring story. Uh, and we are thrilled to share it with Northeast Arkansas, and we hope they'll come out to the Fowler Center this Saturday night, uh, October 16th at 7.30, or Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, uh, and share the experience with us. So this deal, you know, obviously we hear about uh, shows and people who put on performances, but this is a deal because of your background with Broadway and Jenny's background with Broadway, where you're able to get people from uh, from Broadway to come in. You want to feature local talent as well. Tell me uh, kind of the vision behind getting everybody together, these different people, different levels of experience, all working on the same show. So our goal at the Link Theater is to always, as best we can, try to combine professional talent, uh, most notably from New York or perhaps Chicago or L.A., uh, professional talent and combine them with university talent, faculty and students from Arkansas State University, and also link them, link, with uh, (laughs) local talent, uh, whether it be from Jonesboro, Northeast Arkansas, Little Rock, Memphis, Southeast Missouri. And we're proud to say that, you know, we're accomplishing that again with this production. Um, One of the leads in our show is a a gentleman by the name of Robert Petkoff. Uh, Robert Petkoff has done lots of television and film, but also Broadway. And oh, by the way, he starred in the Broadway revival of Ragtime. Uh, And he is coming to Jonesboro to reprise his role here for our audience here. Isn't that a treat? Yeah. Uh, for our audience to get to see Robert Petkoff. Um, another young man is uh, Ezekiel Andrew. He's played the role of Cole House at theaters all across the country, Atlanta, uh, Houston, Utah. I mean, and we're thrilled to be able to have Ezekiel join us. And then, of course, our own hometown Broadway babe, uh, Miss Jenny Powers. Uh, <laughs> so those three really kind of lead our show. Uh, but then we you know, combine them with several faculty and students from ASU. Uh, and uh, lots of talent from uh, Little Rock area, Jonesboro, Northeast Arkansas, obviously, and elsewhere. So if people want to get tickets to Ragtime the Musical, the show's coming up this weekend at the Fowler Center. What's the best way to get those tickets, Matt? They can go to thelinktheater.org. Thelinktheater.org, and there you can click on the button right there to buy tickets. You can also get tickets by going to deltasymphonyorchestra.org. You can get tickets right there as well. Uh, or you can find information both on our Facebook page. Uh, you can click right from uh, the Link Theater Facebook page or the Delta Symphony Orchestra Facebook page uh, and click right there and purchase your tickets. Again, the show is this weekend, Saturday night, out at the Fowler Center uh, on the campus of ASU, uh, Saturday night at 7.30 and Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. What if people are hearing this and uh, they'd love to be involved in a production like this? Obviously, we can't do this one, but there's going to be more stuff coming from the Link Theater. Uh, do you guys have ways that people can get involved who maybe are at different levels of experience? We do. So uh, with every show, we always have auditions you know, ahead of time. So uh, we started auditioning for this show back in the uh, summer. Um, and uh, we always put out announcements, uh, generally through our Facebook page, but we also try and put out a, a press release as well, so it's picked up by the press, to let folks know what show is coming up, 
how they can find information on if they want to be involved uh, and audition for it. And we, we certainly welcome that. And also in the spring, you know, uh, we're young. The Link Theater is a young organization. We had our first year of our educational outreach. Uh, it was a program called Elevate. Uh, where we had uh, a group of uh, young artists uh, being taught by professionals. Uh, and we will do that again in the spring. Uh, and so we'll come uh, back to you with more details on that. So um, if your kiddos are not able to join a show, perhaps they can join uh, our educational program called Elevate. There you go. Matt Cavanaugh joins us this morning from the Link, the Link Theater Company. Again, Ragtime the Musical happens this weekend. And Matt, we appreciate your time and best of luck, man. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Kelly. See you at the show. All right, we'll see you, man. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. Hannah Caddy joins us on the phone this morning from City Youth Ministries. Hannah, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Hey, we're good. I realized as I was kind of doing uh, my, my looking around on social media and your website and stuff like that, you're the new executive director of City Youth Ministries. That's right. And I'm so excited and so glad to be able to be here and to be able to do this work in our community. Yeah. So tell me, as the executive director of City Youth, like what does that job entail? What do you, uh, what do you try to do every single day? Mm, all of the things. So it includes grant writing, coordinating programs for our students, creating new partnerships. Um, one new thing that we've got coming up is we have a partnership with AmeriCorps, so we have individualized math tutoring for our students. Um, but you never know what your day is going to entail, and I think right. that's kind of what I love about the job. Yeah, so for people who are just hearing about City Youth Ministries, uh, maybe for the first time, or maybe they've heard of it, but they're not really sure everything that, that goes on there because there's a bunch of different stuff in programming and and education that goes on there. Uh, if I were to say, give me like a capsulized view of City Youth Ministries, what is City Youth? I'll definitely say that we are a faith-based nonprofit, and we provide after-school programs and summer programs for our inner-city youth here in Jonesboro. Why is that so important, do you think? It's so important because a lot of our students need a safe place to go where they are fed, where they're loved, um, where we're able to help things like help academically, expose them to extracurriculars. Um, it's just a safe place and um, a safe haven for a lot of our students. You know, for a lot of kids, uh, you know, they go home to an empty home. Their parents are working and everybody's busy and money's tight. And, you know, sometimes that can lead to, I know it did with me at different times, uh, me doing some silly things. So the idea that I'm going to a safe place where I can make sure my homework's done and I can learn, I can be around other people and, and good people. I think that's really important. As we look at, at youth, because the youth, the people that you all deal with, are the future of this community. Absolutely. And I think what definitely makes us unique is that we provide our programs at no cost to our family. So we are completely community supported, um, which is really incredible. Yeah. So how many young people do you think you're currently uh, working with at City Youth? So we have 115 students currently registered. Wow. So in the light of COVID, we are continuing to open our doors and continuing to have all of the students um, that we can in our building. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if you're, you have that many kids that are in there and that many kids that, you know, are, are utilizing what you guys are able to offer them um, and it's nonprofit, it's I mean, obviously, we'd love to think that there were people just pouring money in and giving you millions of dollars every single year. But we know that to operate a nonprofit, <laughs> it's a struggle. Absolutely. And I think. 
Um, we have just been shown by our community just how much they support and love what we get to do at City Youth. And so um, in light of the pandemic, you know, we definitely have had our fair share of struggles, but we continue to persevere and um, to press on and funds keep coming. And so that is just a huge, huge blessing to us um, without a doubt. And then, you know, we talk, obviously, corporate sponsorships are awesome and individuals who are, are there who have been through situations and want to give money. That's awesome. But you have an event coming up this weekend, the Downtown J-Town. Uh, this is something that's gone on for a long time. That's a fundraiser. Tell me about what's happening this weekend. Yeah, so it's actually our 13th annual time to do this. However, in the past two years, because of COVID, um, like most things, we've had to adapt and change it to be um, a little bit more flexible for for the time. And so we are having people in the community sponsor our students for $25, and they get to actually walk downtown for city youth. So this is a little bit different, unlike most 5Ks where people register to run or walk themselves. People actually get to sponsor our kids to come walk. So they're getting to help and create that buy-in for themselves to help city youth, which is really awesome. It's only 25 bucks to do that? Yeah, absolutely. And you just go to www.cityyouthministries.com and hit the Donate tab. And you can do that all electronically. Hey, we're excited that you're a part of City Youth now. And obviously, when you have somebody who's a new executive director, there's new visions, new ideas. And I think that's always exciting as you're looking to grow City Youth. So best of luck in the new role. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. All right, we'll see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Naomi Estella from the Hispanic Center in Jonesboro. Naomi, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. What's your day like when you wake up early in the morning? What do you do first? Drink coffee for sure. (laughs) Yeah, same. How many cups have you had so far today? Only one. I try to stick it to a pretty low amount, you know, because otherwise it's just I kind of get a little too much. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I'm probably technically on about cup number four. And I know better than to do that. But we wake up really early. And then there comes this point where I've had so much caffeine. It then makes me tired. I understand. Like my body's going, dude, (laughs) slow down. Uh, Tell me about the Hispanic Center and uh, kind of the vision of what happens at the Hispanic Center. Absolutely. So the Hispanic Center has actually been in Jonesboro for over 20 years, and we provide services to obviously persons who identify as Hispanic. Um, And that can range from just about any of their needs. Um, If they have anything, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what resources they need. But the majority of people kind of come in, they want to take English classes. They want to get their citizenship. They want to, you know, take classes to get their GED or become a professional. But we also provide, you know, some immigration lawyers. And But, you know, we also have lots of events open for people who are just interested in learning about the Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. How do you do outreach? How do you, um, how do you get out into the community and find people who, who might be needing assistance but no, don't know where to go to uh, get the assistance? How do you get out there? Uh, basically, you know, I actually was out all day yesterday um, in the Batesville area. Mm-hmm. You know, we're located in Jonesboro, but, you know, we go all over northeast Arkansas. And... You know, so yesterday I was driving around literally in one of our vans in Batesville, and I was stopping at Mexican restaurants. I was stopping at different places of work and trying to just do some outreach and talk to people and say, hey, this is what we have. This is, you know, what are your questions? Are there any other specific needs that you need? So, you know, we're literally going out there. We're not just making phone calls. We're talking face-to-face to people and finding them. 
So when you go out and do this and then you talk to people who have come through and been involved with the Hispanic Center, uh, do you see a turnaround? Do you see that that your organization's really able to help people uh, further their life when they get involved? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like there's just too many success stories to talk about, but you have so many people that, you know, have enriched their lives and have, you know, gotten that citizenship and gotten, you know, proficiency in English, which is incredible. You know, you you see these people come in and, you know, you're only speaking Spanish to them, and then all of a sudden they're starting to have English conversations with you, and you just right. you see that difference, and they feel so proud of themselves. And so then they're able to find a job that's a little bit different and start working with English speakers and become more and more integrated into the community. You know, and I guess when you think about that from from the perspective, let's say I moved to Mexico for a job and I couldn't Mm -hmm. speak the language right when I got there. That has to be super intimidating to be in a situation like that. So to know that you guys are there to help them with that process, I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean... We also, you know, just to let people know if they're an English speaker wanting to learn Spanish, we have that too. Yeah, that's great. Oh, and that's that's super important in today's business world. Absolutely. So how did you get involved with the Hispanic Center? Well, my husband actually is Peruvian. And so, you know, when we came to this area, we kind of got connected with the Hispanic Center because of him. And... You know, I just loved it. I loved the organization. I thought what they were doing was incredible. And so I was able to kind of work with them and eventually come into this position. So it's about outreach. It's about helping people. But you guys also are very, um, you know, aware that there's health issues going on right now with COVID and the flu. And you want to make sure that uh, that everybody has the access to go and get the vaccines. And you have a special uh, vaccine event happening this coming weekend. Yes, absolutely. So this Saturday, the 16th, um, we are having a free COVID vaccine event for first and second doses. It will be at our Hispanic Center. That's 211 Van Dyne Street. If you know where Clapton Clinic is, it's right behind Clapton Clinic. Yep. Um, that'll be from 10 a.m. to 12. Um, and we're working with NYIT and the Mayor's Youth Advancement Council for that. And so the first 50 people that come are going to get some free tacos. And the first 100 people that come and get vaccinated are going to get $50 gift cards to local Mexican restaurants. Ooh, yum. Is there any chance if I've been vaccinated that I can come by and get vaccinated again? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we're not able to do that for you. But, you know, hopefully you can try to let your friends know and maybe they'll they'll share dinner with you. Oh, my gosh. Mexican food's my favorite. Uh, Okay, so then then the following uh, week on October the 21st, there's another event going on that's important because you need to know where you stand with your health and there's free health screenings happening. Yes, absolutely. So in addition to those COVID vaccine clinic or COVID vaccine, um, you know, doses, we're also going to have some free health screenings. Um, we're working with the Arkansas Minority Health Commission and the Jonesboro Housing Authority. Um, it's going to be actually in one of Jonesboro Housing Authority's um, parking lot, 330 Union Street. And they're going to be given some health screenings, preventative, you know, like cholesterol and glucose and some testing kits for colorectal cancer, which is super, super important. Um, And that's going to be from 3.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. And that's happening on Thursday, October the 21st. So if people want to find out more information about the Hispanic Center or they want to uh, find out more about the the COVID vaccines and the flu vaccines and all that, where can they get information? Um, one of the best ways is to kind of talk to us, you know. So if you call us at 870-931-1884, we can give you some more information. But we're also on Facebook and Instagram, Centro Sano in uh, Arkansas. 
and you absolutely can come and, you know, kind of visit us and ask some questions too on 211 Van Dyne Street, you know, and we're open for that. So, and if you can't find us, you know, just call us. There you go. Simple like that. The Hispanic Center. And again, Naomi Estella joins us this morning. And the free COVID and flu vaccines happen uh, on October the 16th from 10 until noon at uh, their location, the Hispanic Center location on Van Dyne Street. Naomi, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for having me. All right, have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. Time for Wet Nose Wednesday with the man you need. Me. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. And we catch the doc on the road this morning. He is, quote, on the road again. Morning, Doc. Good morning. Yes, on the road again. So I thought we'd reach out and actually speak today to your better half, who is riding shotgun. <laughs> yeah, what do you need to know? Is it, uh, Do you think she has good secrets on the good doctor? Hmm. Oh, I'm sure she does. Where have you guys been? Uh, I, I was at a meeting in Chattanooga. How many days have you been in Chattanooga? Since... Uh, Saturday, actually. Oh, dang. So when you're in Chattanooga, one of the things I like about vacationing is finding different restaurants. Typically, I look up like the diners, drive-ins, and dives type spots. Did you find any good food in Chattanooga? Yeah, we did. We, you know, we had our meeting at a, a, at a hotel in downtown Chattanooga, so we, we pretty much stayed close. Uh, the last two nights, we were able to just basically across the street walk to some really nice restaurants and... So, um, you know, pretty much every meal was either catered by the hotel during lunch and breakfast or we were out eating at dinner. Nice. That's a good escape from the, the everyday normal, isn't it? Yeah, and I'd get some, some uh, continuing education credit, which I'm required. So where are you on the road right now? Because I've never actually been to Chattanooga. Um, we are actually... Um, in Tennessee, near Franklin. So just outside of Nashville. You know, Franklin is where Jana Kramer lives. If you'd like to maybe swing by and drop her off some roses from me this morning mm, at your expense. Sure. At your expense. Okay, I think I have her address <laughs> my contact. So I'll check that out. Hey, you mentioned that uh, you know, you've been eating a lot the last couple of days. Uh, and we had this, this discussion randomly about our dogs and uh, there was one time my dog ate an entire cake. Kelly's dog ate a cupcake. We worry so much about our dogs getting sick and the effects of chocolate or food poisoning. Is that very common in our dogs and cats for them to get food poisoning? Well, you know, in people, you know, it is pretty common. And, and food poisoning basically occurs if you eat some food that, in, uh, you know, has a virus present that could cause gastrointestinal signs or a bacteria or even uh, endotoxins from a bacteria. And, uh, you know, we see a lot of GI issues in dogs. And, yeah, they, they can probably get, um, get actual food poisoning due to an infectious agent in food uh, like people can. But what we see more common, commonly is where they get into food that doesn't necessarily have an infectious organism in it, but it's just, you know, maybe spoiled, uh, may have been out, you know, uh, just in the garbage too long, 
or it may, you know, dogs that have found the compost pile where, you know, scraps are put in it and some of that may have mold on it. Uh, or, you know, they, they eat, you know, a dead animal or, um, you know, just something that uh, it just doesn't agree with them. And, and we see a lot of dogs, especially indoor dogs, that knock over the trash can or they find some pizza crust or something. And, you know, the common name for that is not necessarily food poisoning. It's called garbage gut. Yeah. And uh, basically, yeah, they're, I think that was Kelly's nickname when you're in high school. Wow. Uh, wow. But, <laughs> okay. But, uh, I've come up with a lot of nicknames for Kelly over the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah. But, oh. <laughs> Most of them we can't share uh, on the air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and it's, it, you know, you see the same symptoms as you do in food poisoning people. Uh, you know, these dogs, they feel they're nauseated. They actually will start vomiting. They can um, have diarrhea, you know, intestinal cramping. And, uh, you know, when that happens, you know, they feel terrible. If you've ever had a GI upset or think you've had food poisoning, you know what it's like. I mean, it just wipes you out. And so, you know, we, we see that in our pets, too. And, and the best thing to do is, number one, withhold food for about 24 hours. And just try to get them to, you know, take in small amounts of water frequently. Of course, if they start throwing up the water, they need to seek uh, veterinary attention because, you know, they're, they're going to get dehydrated. But sometimes just resting the GI tract as far as solid food and keeping uh, keeping that off. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, keeping some, we got some Motown going on here. Um, but, yeah, just rest in their stomach and intestinal tract and, and kind of let it run its course. And, you know, you can give some anti-diarrheal medication, things like that. So, um, you know, it's uh, – but, but definitely if they continue vomiting or having diarrhea or even some blood present in the diarrhea, you know, they definitely need to seek, uh, seek attention for that. And, you know, again, it's one of these things where prevention is the best thing rather than treatment. So what you'd like to do is just – you know, make sure they don't have access to garbage or food scraps or if they're out outside, you know, and you see them taking an interest in something mm-hmm. and you look over there and it's a dead bird or a dead rabbit, mm-hmm. dead squirrel, try to, you know, keep them from doing that. And it's, I saw this uh, in one, ar- one article I read several months ago, you know, teach your dog early to command drop it. And uh, that way, if they're eating something they shouldn't, you know, you could go over to them and say drop it and hopefully get it out of their mouth before they ingest it. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's things to do, but again, prevention is better. But if they do get get by you and eat something they're not supposed to, then uh, you know, definitely seek attention. If they all right, <laughs> and we've lost him. It looks like we lost him. <laughs> he must have pulled up to Jana Kramer's house. <laughs> all right, nice talking to you. He is the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed, man's best friend, our best friend, and the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Another wet nose Wednesday. Find out more about vet care at vet-care.com or on Facebook. All you have to do is search vet care Jonesboro. I just got a note from Kelly. Dear Brandon, please ask Dr. Reed. If Mrs. Potts is allowed to use the anti-diarrheal medicine I have in my purse. Okay. 
Brandon. We'll get back with Kevin on that sometime (laughs) next week. I'll get your answer, Kelly. Thank you. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 1079 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. We're joined this morning by Jeff Moore of Jonesboro Animal Control. Good morning, Jeff. How's it going? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. You in the office already this morning? I am in the office this morning. All right. So, hey, I wanted to reach out, number one, and talk to you about the the event that you guys recently had, the adoption with the discounted rates. Uh, Number one, how did that work out? And number two, is that ever going to happen again? It worked out great. We adopted out a lot of dogs. I have to throw a big shout out to the Bissell Pet Foundation and other ones that, that made that possible. Uh, yeah, we, we adopted out quite a few dogs last week. and I'm hoping that we can partner with them again sometime soon. Yeah, so the, the and, way uh, it was, like the discount for the adoption was, was a really steep discount, which was pretty impressive. Yeah, the way that that worked is Bissell picked up the, the difference and, and paid the difference of the adoption. Yeah, let's talk through and, that because when we see the adoption thing with you guys, you know, obviously there's a fee and there's uh, the spayer, the neuter, and all that, which is extremely important uh, from your line of work to make sure those animals, you know, uh, are spayed or neutered. Uh, that's not a deal where you guys are making that money. Like for anybody who thinks, oh, they're keeping the adoption fee, you really can't even pay for the spay and neuter in that situation. Right, yeah. Whenever actually, that's that's the only thing. The dogs costing zero. You're paying nothing for the the dog or the adoption. The fee goes toward the spay and neuter and rabies right. vaccination. So Bissell came out and said, "Hey, we want to help. We want to get more pets adopted." And they paid the rest of it. How low was the actual adoption fee through that deal? Uh, well, it's uh, the, the typical adoption is one hundred and twenty five dollars, and Bissell paid a hundred dollars of it. That's incredible. So shout out to them. That's yeah. really good. Hey, there's a shot clinic happening this weekend. I know a lot of people like to take advantage of the shot clinic, but from what I understand, uh, you know, these have become such big deals. You can't just show up and expect to get the shots. Yeah, everything's, and of course, there, I have to give another shout out, shout out to uh, Napa. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, we're having pre-registered those now. Yeah, but that's so great. They're, they're, if, if, if you can go to Napa's Facebook page and there's a link there to click on and fill out the form and pre-register for the shot clinics. So what shots are offered this coming weekend? Uh, of course, there'll be the rabies vaccination. It's going to be the number one. And uh, those are going to be open for anybody and everybody. And then there'll be qualifications for any of the five and ones, three and ones. Know any other shots like that? So that's, we, it, that's all listed on their Facebook when Facebook we, flyer. When we talk about the the rabies vaccination, you know, it's not just something. Hey, we want to protect the pets. It's actually something that's required for all pets uh, to have that vaccination. It is. It is a that is a state law, uh, and it is to protect the pets and the public. Right. You know, as, as much for people as the pets, and we've been fortunate. In, Northeast Arkansas do not have, you know, there's been other parts of the state and other parts of the United States that had rabies outbreak. And that's part of why, uh, you know, we're so adamant about you've got to have your rabies vaccination. 
And again, pre-registration is going on uh, right now, and you guys can find out more if you go to NAFA, N-A-F-A, help on Facebook. Uh, NAFA Rescue is what you would search in the search terms. Uh, Jeff, I'm assuming you guys have more animals that are ready to be adopted this morning, right? Absolutely. We, uh, you know, it doesn't take long for us to fill right back up. Right. So if people want Even to adopt, we adopted a lot last week. If people want to adopt, uh, what's the easiest way for them to to come out and and take a look around? Well, we're still doing everything by appointment as well. Uh, just give us a call at eight seven zero nine three five three nine two zero. And uh, if you want to look at our Facebook page, get an idea who you want to meet with, uh, call us. We'll set an appointment, get you in, let you meet your new best friend. There you go. Jeff Moore, Jonesboro Animal Control. Have a great morning and tell everybody out there we said hello, okay? I, I will do it. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll talk to you later. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Hey, if you missed any of today's show, the K-Fine Breakfast Club with Dr. Shane Spites talking about COVID, current numbers, good news with that, FDA meetings, and he tries to diagnose me over the air Hmm. for an ailment I have. We talked to Dr. Shane Spites. Today on the podcast, it's the Brandon Baxter in the Morning podcast available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? uh, The third season premiere of Batwoman, the season premiere of The Center, the 90-minute CMT Artist of the Year special on CMT that we talked about earlier today. Also on tonight, The Masked Singer, Chicago Med, Alter Ego, Chicago Fire, American Horror Story, A A Million Little Things, CSI Vegas, and Chicago PD. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the Morning.